0: Real news. All right, welcome everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So today is July 30th, 2020. It's Thursday, and boy, we know President Trump loves Thursdays. So a little update on YouTube since I'm—I've been—I was able to chat with actual Google employees. And I was just like, hey, like, what's going on with my YouTube channel? I'm streaming my radio show and you're not allowing me to live stream. And so they said, yeah, so you put out a video that's against community guidelines. And I said, well, that video was deleted. Uh, you know, he says you can appeal that. I said, well, the video is deleted. So I can't appeal. He goes, yeah, you're right. You can't appeal it. And I was like, all right, so now we're in a sticky situation. What do I do? All knowing Google who expects me to be psychic and not know that, you know, uh, playing out videos that are all over the news of actual doctors talking about cures and remedies, you know, kind of like that crazy med that they put on TV and they have it on, you know, YouTube advertising. Hey, take this pill and you can have sex with people that have AIDS and you won't get it. You know, that one. Uh, but, these doctors were wrong. So I said, so was I supposed to be psychic to know that doctors on TV are not allowed to be broadcast? No, you're not. Uh, so I pacifically asked him, you know, what do I do? How do I He's like, well, since the video is deleted, you got to wait about a week. So come back on the help chat room, whatever. Uh, when you can't see I'm a Google Fi customer. So I get to chat with them. Uh, cause, um, you know, I'm a customer of Google's in a different capacity. So that was good. Uh, And so right now, even though I wanted to schedule it for later, like the rerun of the Pompeo thing, it went automatically uh, live right now. So it's live streaming the video. I'm allowed to stream an uploaded video so they can check it. And then it can look like live. So that was, you know, that was done. Uh, On another note, I sent a really, really angry notification uh, to the governor of uh, Ohio and claimed that I am intending to file a suit for him denying me my federally protected right to try medications. And uh, I got a response saying, oh, it was done in haste. It was the Board of Pharmacy. The governor doesn't do this. Now, listen. These things that they're doing, the fact that they're telling you what you can try or have as a medication or not is dangerous. And the reason that it's dangerous is because this is how death panels are created, okay? This is the death panels that I've been warning about for years. Uh, This was inserted through with Obamacare. I saw it because I worked on the Affordable Care Act. I actually helped formulate a section of the legislation for non-English speaking patients that includes ASL. So um, for everyone to understand, this is a very, very big deal, very big deal. Uh, so um, I'm going to start with some breaking local news. Herman Kane has died from coronavirus. Now, it's unfortunate that he has passed away. And, you know, he kind of you know, stared cancer in its face and said, "Nope, you're not taking me." But apparently, now it's coronavirus because he had coronavirus inside of him, you know, in his plasma, which by the way, the um oh, yeah, Dewine is back, well, like I could tell that from the email, um, but I didn't know that he officially backpedaled on it. so um, uh, here, here is where we are being told that he has passed away from coronavirus. Um, maybe he was refused um, hydroxychloroquine. Who knows? But he had stage four cancer, and apparently, if you have the antibodies for hydroxychloroquine, you are automatically categorized as a um, coronavirus. Um, you know that you succumb to it. Period. Jump out of a plane and die, and you have antibodies for coronavirus. It's coronavirus
1: sadly bringing you this breaking news on Herman Cain. We are just getting uh, word that he has passed away due to coronavirus complications. We know that he had been hospitalized after he was diagnosed with COVID-19. The former presidential candidate and business executive has passed away. His website has put out a statement saying that we are heartbroken and the world is poor. Herman Cain has gone to be with the Lord. It begins, you're never ready for the kind of news that we're grappling with this morning, but we have no choice but to seek and find God's Strength and comfort to deal with it. We know that he was hospitalized uh, among the, one of the highest profile figures in the U.S. to have uh, contracted the virus and now he has passed away. A 74-year-old survivor of stage four colon cancer. Uh, he was a business executive, as you all know, board chairman of a branch of Kansas City's Federal Reserve Bank uh, before moving into Republican politics and eventually becoming a presidential candidates. So the country will mourn the loss of Herman Cain just getting word that he has passed away. John Roberts is live at the White House on that news this morning. John?
2: And the last time that I saw Herman Cain was at President Trump's rally in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. He waved as uh, he went by and it was not long after that, June the 29th, that he was diagnosed with coronavirus and uh, went to an Atlanta hospital uh, a month after being diagnosed, he remained on a ventilator, although people who were close to him were saying that it appeared as though uh, he might be getting better. Uh, the the word that went out was that his organs were strong, that they were trying to heal his lungs with an infusion of oxygen through a ventilator. But, but don't forget, uh, Herman Kane did have some underlying conditions uh, back in 2006. He had colon cancer, which had spread to his liver. He was also 74 years old, Sandra, which put him right at sort of at the apex of that high risk group of people who sometimes do so badly uh, with coronavirus. We also know that African-Americans uh, suffer severe coronavirus disease at a higher percentage than other people do as well. So uh, I covered his uh, presidential campaign uh, back in uh, 2012. Uh, he'll always be uh, forever known as Mr. 999. Uh, when I was stationed in our Atlanta bureau, he was a frequent uh a uh, visitor as well as he was a, a contributor uh, to Fox News. That is until we got the remote camera put into his home in Stockbridge and then he no longer had to make the drive to Atlanta. But uh, the sad news this morning that uh, after a long uh, battle, uh, much of it on a ventilator with coronavirus, uh, Herman Cain finally succumbed to the illness had uh, has passed away this morning at the age of 74. The missed by a lot of people.
0: When he
1: passed away, yeah. he was co-chairing a uh, co-chair of the Black Voices for Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. he had attended the president's Tulsa rally uh, in June. Right. Um obviously that was one of the last times that we had seen him publicly he was hospitalized for about a month but John to go back to your point as of an update from Uh, His team via Twitter, Facebook, and his website yesterday, Uh, he was still hospitalized, but he was being treated for oxygen. Uh, The doctor said his organs and systems were still strong. Um, Unfortunately, as is this disease, it is unpredictable. And sometimes people feel better or appear to be better and then get worse. Um, they even said he's really getting better, which means it's working. And
2: Yeah, as I, as I, as I pointed out, they had uh, put out that statement on treatment on Twitter uh, yeah. about the fact that they thought that it was actually getting better. But as Dr. Mark Siegel uh, will tell you, Dr. Manny will tell you, what sometimes happens with people is they appear to be getting better, and all of a sudden because of a you know, over, overactive immune system, they get something called a cytokine storm which literally fills the lung with fluids and they and they basically drown of their own lymphatic fluid entering
0: Okay, I can't stand to hear people talking about cytokine storms. That's—it's way more complicated than that. It, it really upsets me when they try to sound like they know what they're talking about, and you know they can't. Now, bottom line is he had colon cancer. Uh, you know that spreads like wildfire. That's actually my nightmare: uh, having a tumor on my liver that it would spread elsewhere. Right. So it's probably everywhere. It spread to his liver. Spread everywhere it is one of the most aggressive forms like once it's in colon it's gone you know he should have just had that baby aspirin every day i mean uh, it should have been ritual but whatever because um uh, some forms of statins also actually just so you know recent research shows that taking statins reduces the ability for specific tumors in your colon to proliferate so uh, if you get if you get colon cancer, you can take that, but it won't help it. But if you're taking statins or a regular regimen of aspirin, baby aspirin, as they put everyone on, uh, you reduce your risk. Uh, Tons of research out there for that. I I found it, you know, very helpful, Um, you know. But now, even though he died from stage 4 cancer, because he had coronavirus, which is he could have had the flu, could have had a pneumonia, whatever, you know. (laughs) He's dead from COVID. So he is now the most recent victim that, um, you know, they're going to be pushing up and down uh, as to why we're all going to die. Now. as we know, yesterday, the hearing that lasted forever, which they do on purpose and nobody listens, uh, was all grandstanding. They were kissing tushies of big tech, uh, big tech lie that was reinforced this morning during the Pompeo hearing as to how, you know, they're like, hey, do you know of China stealing intellectual property? Well, I don't have firsthand. No, I've read reports. The only one that got on board is Facebook. Now, why is that? Because that means Facebook is now owned and has agreements with the government. So they cannot speak against the facts of the government. Just pay attention to that. This is why Zuck is, uh, you know, sitting pretty, in a sense. So... What I'm going to today, what we're going to talk about is a lot of real news and news from around the world. We're going to touch upon suddenly everyone's talking about the troops being removed from Germany. And it's like, dude, not news. We talked about it right here on October 9th, 2019, when Pompeo was in Greece and spoke about it. Uh, tons of articles, too, how we were shipping all the weapons and shipping all the soldiers. But now it's news. Do you see? See, people aren't paying attention and the media didn't get their notes. They wanted to use it against the president or to support, you know, uh, Hitler's, you know, spawn Merkel uh, to be in control. And he's right. They're not paying their dues. We're sitting there and they want us to supposedly protect them from Russia. But 75, percent of their energy is dependent on russia so wait a minute you're paying them but you're scared of them too explain why not buy oil and everything from america or saudi arabia direct oh no has to be russia why aren't you doing it from turkey oh that's right Because you're not in good spirits with Turkey. And we'll talk about Turkey in respects to social media. They actually passed a censorship law. Now they get to censor people in Turkey. But people are like, freedom of speech. It's like, uh, you live in Turkey? That doesn't apply. The only nation on the planet, okay? The only nation on the planet on paper that has free people is... Din, din, din... The United States of America. Yeah, we're also going to cover the tweet about pizza. So good. Oh my gosh. All right. So let's start. Let's start with um, our local stuff so that way we can get into the global stuff so you can see how things are going. We've got stuff from Putin and everything. Now we have, I have a clip from um, Tucker where he's grilling Jim Jordan for his Google donations and investments. What we need to talk about is the investments. Nobody talks about that. The investments. Because if you notice, while we were doing the hearing yesterday, my ticker was telling you who has cuts and who was, um, I don't want to say donated, but gifted. Stock in, uh, you know Facebook and Twitter and Google and Amazon because that plays a key role. Now take a listen to this.
3: He was there today. He's the highest ranking Republican on the committee. He joins us tonight. Congressman, thanks so much for coming on. So you tweeted today a a tweet that was heartening, I think, to a lot of people. You said, big techs out to get conservatives, clearly true. It's time they face the consequences. So to the many frustrated viewers out there who don't think Republicans have forced them to face any consequences for the past four years tell us specifically if you would what those consequences are going to be
4: well you gotta change you gotta work on section 230 we're looking at that right now you may have to the Justice Department is looking at current antitrust law to go after these companies right now and frankly we may have to change the law and we also have to continue to do what you've been doing and thank you for doing that calling them out every time we see the bias every time we see them become the facilitators of the mob to cancel people we have to continue to call them out. remember Tucker Twitter went after me 2 years ago. I've been talking about this for a couple of years. They shadow banned 4 members of Congress. 435 in the House, 100 in the Senate. Only 4, Gates, Meadows, Nuñez, Jordan get get shadow banned by Twitter. And of course right. they just told us it was just a glitch. Are you I asked I said, well, what what'd you put in the algorithm? The names Gates, Meadows, Nuñez, Jordan?" I think I said that on your show.
3: So no, we've you, been out- you did and, I, and of course we agreed, but I'm a talk show host and we've got, you know, 4 million viewers or whatever, but my job is to talk. Lawmakers are tasked with running the country and passing our laws by definition and these companies operate with a special carve out provided them by congress and congress has never done anything to rein them in and so we've got what 96 days till the election are there going to be any consequences until then
4: well no you just mentioned the most important thing in 96 days, 97 days, whatever that number is, it's important we reelect Donald Trump and take back the House. Because do you think Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Jerry Nadler? Are going to fix this? Do you think they're actually going to stop big tech from attacking conservatives and censoring conservatives? No, I don't not. think so. So that, but, that's why the most important Republicans aren't in control. I'm, we're working, working on the Senate, working with the Senate on this 230 issue. We're looking at every remedy we can because there has to be a remedy for what they're doing to conservatives. Uh, okay, but the but, most important thing is to take back the House and make sure Donald Trump is reelected. Okay, Donald Trump's in the right position. It seems
3: very difficult for any candidate or party to win anything if all the information about the race is controlled by people who are working for the other side, which is where we are now. So without whining about why nothing has been done so far, let me ask you, Jim Sensenbrenner has taken money from Google. Google is your second biggest campaign contributor in the last cycle. Why do you think they would give you money? And why would you
4: take? Look, if they want to exercise their First Amendment liberties and give me money, I raised three million dollars last quarter. If Google gives me a few thousand dollar check, God bless them. That doesn't change who I am. You saw that today in the committee. I went after I went after him for the very issue you just raised, Tucker. In 2016, Google tried to tailor their features to help Clinton in key states. That's directly from the email. The head of their multicultural marketing section. I get it. I mean, again, I'm a talk show host. We talk about this stuff all the time. But where's the part where we say
3: we're yanking your life? Liability exemption the one that we don't have at Fox News, but they somehow have where they can't be sued for garbage on and, their site And, and, t- and, and so like where's the effort to do that? I, I, I'm, just, I'm frustrated I think a lot of our viewers are frustrated I just like to know like when's that we're gonna working happen on
4: it, right? We're working on it right now with folks in the Senate. Josh Hawley is working on that we our staff is working with with uh, Senate staff on that issue What is the way what's the best way to structure that language? We're looking at that. We're also what the, the Justice Department is doing bill Barr is looking at this issue as well so that that's the rim re- now we may have to write some other law there are three possible remedies here all i know is there is a big problem and there has to be a remedy we're looking at which is the best course of action to take but none of it happens Tucker. none of it happens if jerry nadler's still in charge of the judiciary committee and joe biden and kamala harris get elected well, as president and vice I'm, president
3: i'm certainly not advocating for jerry nadler having more power than he does obviously uh, he's appalling i just Again, I think most people watching feel justified frustration that here we are right at the edge of the election and it's pretty hard to win anything if these people continue to interfere in our democracy. And I'm I'm sure you share that. No, I
4: I do. You know, the good news is in 2016, in spite of what Google did, the American people saw for what it was and Donald Trump was elected. I think it's going to happen again, but we've got to keep our eye on him. That's why I raised that issue in the hearing today twice with uh, Mr. Pichai at Google.
3: Congressman, thanks for coming on Sunday. I appreciate it.
0: All right. So there's that, right? So now we have more stuff in regards to uh, uh, these uh, tech companies uh, and where they go. Think about it. Um, So he was talking about donations to his campaign. And uh, the key here that people need to understand is the donations to the campaign sometimes you can't uh, fix. You know, you can't. I had some troll on Facebook where I was like, bashing blm in cleveland say i just donated five dollars in your name i'm like dude worst five dollars ever but they do that if you look you'll see that people that work for alex jones there's multiple donations to the democrat party or act blue They're always small nominal fees, like $5, $10. This is how they work. And the more money they have, they'll do it on your own. That's not what we have to look at. See, if you look at the submissions of financial, uh, you know, like their financial reporting that they do at the Senate or um, in Congress, they actually have to submit like their finances every year. You'll see just how many of them have so much interest in Google, in, in Twitter, Facebook, and Amazon. They have tons and tons and tons of stock. Like, for example, you know, how are you going to sit there and question them, you know, and put them on the grill, Ms. Jai, J- what does she want to call herself? Jaya? ya. Yeah, yeah. Paul uh, When she has, you know, between 250,000 and 500,000 interest in freaking Amazon, and then she's grilling them, stop. And most of them are called stock gifts. You know, that's where you see the interest. This is why they shouldn't be allowed to grill their own, you know, the people that make them rich. Like Billy Long, Rep Billy Long used to have a Twitter account. He's that dinosaur that when Laura Loomer went into Congress and say, said, Jack Dorsey's lying. He started to do that auction sound. What a freaking clown. What a clown. Yet he had tons of stock in Twitter. And get this. He doesn't even know how to tweet. So, you know, this is is everything people need to look at, which is their financials. Then you see what drives them. Like Marco Rubio talking health. Shut up, dude. You had Molina so far up your behind, it's like their logo was imprinted in your mouth. You know, and that's why he gave the monopoly to Florida to Molina Healthcare with Obamacare. He made tons of money, tons and tons of money. See, if we look. But the thing is, we've trusted the media to do this for us, and they've failed us because they don't care about us. It's all about them. Now, here is um uh, Gates and what he had to say about big tech and how their conversations went. Take a listen.
5: Right now is Florida Congressman, House Armed Services and Judiciary Committee member, as well as House Antitrust Subcommittee member, Matt Gates. Congressman, so it's was a pleasure to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Give me overall what struck you most about yesterday's hearing.
6: The bipartisanship, Republicans and Democrats are working together to take on some of these America last technology companies, Uh, whether it's Amazon stealing products, Facebook spying on their users or Google refusing to work with the U.S. military and then jumping overseas to advantage the targeting capabilities of Chinese fighter jets. I think it's right for us to ask not what America can do for our technology companies, but perhaps what our technology companies can do for America. And I'm excited about the fact that Republicans and Democrats are actually working together on this issue because it will define the future how users will interface with our major technology platforms.
5: Yeah, I I guess everybody agrees that they are more powerful today than they ever have been. When the Telecommunications Act of 1996 first went uh, went into law, uh, they gave these companies protections, technology companies protections, that they are not going to get sued, that they are, quote, unquote, bulletin boards or platforms. Do you believe that is no longer true? And what will Congress do about it? Will, Will we see these protections be taken away?
6: And, Maria, you're specifically talking about liability protections that digital platforms enjoy under the auspices that they are neutral, that they do not advantage one side or the other, and thus they shouldn't get sued. Those particular protections have allowed these companies to grow very large, but we haven't always seen the neutrality. What we learned from the hearing yesterday is that, particularly with Google and Facebook, the people that work at those companies have the ability to go and manipulate what you see and what you think because they want to control how you act. The fact that they made those concessions means that the Department of Justice needs to be a lot more aggressive about mandating the transparency that would append to these liability protections. So we don't need more government, perhaps we need fewer of the special government accommodations that benefit these large platforms that then are unfair to the viewpoints that aren't reflected in the topia of Silicon Valley.
5: All right. So what are the odds that that protection goes away then?
6: Uh, I think that the protection will go away if the antitrust division at the Department of Justice engages in aggressive litigation to showcase the lack of neutrality on those platforms. I do not believe that Congress will change the law because far too much of Congress is bought off by big tech, whether it's through PAC donations or uh, whether, frankly, a lot of big tech goes and hires up everybody's staff to go work for them, and it's quite an incestuous process. So it won't be a consequence of any brave action from Congress, we largely lack that bravery, but if we have just a little bit of gumption over at the DOJ, I think we can really force the transparency that will animate the changes that will allow us to be able to use online platforms in a way that, that allows users to seek the information they want rather than being socially controlled by Silicon Valley big tech overlords.
5: Wow. And some people do expect antitrust lawsuits coming, like against Google and, and Facebook. Digging way in yeah. here. Uh,
7: well, indeed, Maria, I just want to point out that the antitrust probe into Google is the most advanced of the lot. Uh, according to reporting in the Journal, the Justice Department expected to file a suit this summer. And then you also have the Justice Department, the FTC, and state attorneys general looking into various uh, parts of these businesses. But, Congressman, it was the lack of action by... People in Washington over the years that allowed these companies to get as large as they did. In 2006, when there was a Republican in the White House, Google was allowed to buy YouTube, and that is part of its power base. In 2012, it was Facebook was allowed to buy Instagram. So maybe do, do you bust these companies up at this point, or do you certainly take a more aggressive posture in limiting their growth through acquisition? In many cases, they buy up these companies and just shut them down.
6: Uh, I don't know that busting up big tech is the sole remedy. I think if you force them to demonstrate why they believe that they should avail themselves to these liability protections, they will actually change their behavior. But let me just be honest with you.
0: All right, let's stop it right there. So we talked about this before where I told you here's how it's going to work out. The minute that they get put on the spot to not act like publishers, to not come in and say, you can post, you can post, you can post. Guess what happens? That's when you have to have subscriptions. Now, uh, just so you guys know, um, Twitter, it was inched yesterday. And we talked about this how many months ago, you guys? Tons, right? I, I said this actually in 2018, That the only way they can work around this uh, is to create their own echo chamber. They will demand that people subscribe in order to be on there. That way they can pick it see if they have a subscription and you're paying for it, then you are accepting that you can't post stuff they don't want. If it's free, right? then, uh, you know, you can post whatever you want because they can't get sued, just so you understand. Now, it's very important that people understand that just because the president hasn't said anything, didn't I tell you that, doesn't mean he's not doing anything. So this is where you see that Twitter is having a problem with money. They have a problem with money. And so, again... Because nothing's being said doesn't mean it's not being done. Repeated again and again. I think you guys needed that reminder today. And this is where you see it. He issued that EO, right, yesterday about the silencing, about the... uh, Right. And here's what happened also yesterday, just uh, just so you understand, because this is what we should say. Are you suggesting that we should have a, a bill being pushed to silence us like they do in Turkey? Uh, that's that's the question everyone should ask themselves. Is that where we're going to go? We're going to have that. Take a listen.
8: He's voted to pass a law that aims to control what many have said is uncontrollable social media. Critics say it's another attempt to silence dissenting voices and threaten freedom of expression. The government argues the law is needed to enhance the accountability of foreign platforms. And many worry since the majority of the mainstream media here are already under government control. There is no more platform left
9: for free debate.
10: They are restricting everything. It's because they are being criticized on social media. We are all against it.
8: As of October 1, the bill requires social media platforms with more than 1 million domestic daily users such as Facebook, Twitter and YouTube to open offices in Turkey. They are also required to appoint local representatives to implement the government's request to block and remove certain content. If they don't comply, they will face steep fines along with possible data speed cuts. Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International and the UN have campaigned against the law on the grounds it would lead to censorship and silence dissent.
6: The governing AK party insists the new law will balance freedoms and obligations. It says it doesn't want the closure of social media providers, but wants to end what it considers insults, bad language and harassment in social media.
8: The governing AK party insists the new law will balance freedoms and obligations. It says it doesn't want the closure of social media providers, but wants to end what it considers insults, bad language and harassment on social media.
10: This
11: regulation doesn't aim any ban on social media, but to protect the basic rights and freedoms of the 55 million Turkish users on social media, to protect their information and stop misinformation.
8: In 2016, Turkey tightened its grip on the internet after members of the outlawed Gulen movement, accused of plotting that year's failed coup, launched an online attack against President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Last year, dozens of people were detained after speaking out online against Turkey's military operations in northern Syria. So people are thrown
0: in jail for speaking out. Listen, I've said this how many times before in tweets? Tons and times. Tons and tons and tons and times. Oh my God, tons of times. Is that I prefer free speech, which is disgusting and messy, rather than to be censored. I prefer to have the most dangerous of freedom over peaceful slavery. Who would submit to it? How many times have we said this on the show? Why would we do that? That's what makes humans so awesome. It's because there's diversity in thought. (laughs) Censoring of your speech is simply censoring your ability to think. This is what it is. So again, just because you don't see things happening doesn't mean they're not happening. Now I'm going to play my awesome commercials for you guys, uh, which are super awesome
12: the forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer the time for empty talk is over now arrives the hour of action from this day forward A new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, And I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable.
4: After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart.
13: Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority.
0: All right. Welcome back, everyone. So as you see, the Democrats want us to be like the Muslim Brotherhood Nation of Turkey and not be allowed to have free speech. Uh, So today in the news, everyone is upset. You know, they're, oh, big tech didn't do this, big tech didn't do that. Like, we know. This isn't something new. You know, this is all cover-up, cover-up. Any Democrat you speak to and you start talking about China, they change it to Russia. And you're just like, hold on a second. What? We were just on the topic of China. How did China turn into Russia? If you remember yesterday, or no, the day before yesterday during uh, the hearing with uh, Attorney General Barr, I said that there were three key takeaways. One of those key takeaways were, are you know, you're gonna stop President Trump from delaying the election, right? Cause you're gonna have to do that for us. That's what you're gonna have to do. And he was, they were like, commit to it right now. And he was like, um, I'm totally not committing to it. I haven't read the law about that. But you know we'll um we'll talk about that if the time is right, right? Remember how they did this well here's here's a clip of the media losing their mind that includes Fox because President Trump suggested it. This is how you gaslight them so gaslighting I'll put it this way when you say so for example, I wanted to oust uh you know how. Uh, the sunshine laws are not being upheld by a certain attorney general. So I sent an email and I was like, hey, so I want um, this document, this memorandum of understanding that you signed. Can you give it to me? So within two hours, they get every well, we don't have such a document. He never signed something. I was like, oh dear, you responded really quick. Did you have Comey's agent plow through all that? You know, they're superheroes. They did that in like 700,000 emails in like 24 hours and found out Hillary's not guilty. Are you that that quick, maybe you should look for maybe this title, Come Back, All Nasty and Mean, right? No, we don't have that. And I was like, oh, okay. I respond, oh, that's funny. Isn't this his signature on this freaking document? Oh, I'm so sorry we didn't find it. Well, I gave you the damn title and you couldn't find it. This is how they operate. They obfuscate. But this is what you do. You can catch them. You can catch them when you piss them off because they get... They want to show you they have power. They want to yield their power. They want to put you in their place. So they unleash trolls. They unleash civil suits. They start talking smack to you because they want to show you, oh, you better know your place. Those are the last words Brennan ever told me was know your place. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. Anytime I hear that phrase, my eyes do somersaults. Now take a listen to how our president is doing just that. The president floating,
1: delaying the election, Chris. Your reaction?
14: Well, on the one hand, of course, you don't take it. uh, You you take it neither seriously nor literally, right? I think there's probably a lot of truth in what John says, that it's just flummery and he's either trying to uh, to provoke a reaction uh, or trying to sow doubt about the outcome. So on the one hand, it's whatever. On the other hand, uh, we staged elections during the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln was reelected during the Civil War. We staged elections during the Second World War. We've staged elections during other pandemics. We have done it all. And the idea for an incumbent to suggest that we would delay an election now uh, while he is in power is, of course, totally out of character with all of his predecessors, and it is a sort of a, a, a fragrant and flagrant.
0: Okay, let's just stop right there one second before we listen to the rest of this rubbish from this, you know, obvious clown. Do you remember how Barack Hussein Obama in December of 2016 was like, maybe I should be up for a third term? Remember that? Remember that? Remember when he was having that little conference the first week of January and the media started to pounce, maybe we should keep Obama on for a third term. Nobody said anything, whoa, we had it during the Civil War, you know, while he was trying to orchestrate some legal reason to uh, annul the elections or delay the swearing in with Chief Justice Robertson on that phone call and, you know, talking together to find some way to remove President Trump. Remember that? Everybody forgets, right? But now they're all, whoa, this is, man, you're being trolled so hard right now.
14: Expression of his current weakness. Uh, a, a person who is in a strong position would never, never suggest anything like that. So Trump may be making a tactical error here by further telegraphing his weak position in the polls and his weak po- position for re-election.
0: Trace? Yep. That's it. He's totally weak. Totally not a landslide. Right. This is what you do. You make people think you're weak. You even put ads out saying, oh, I don't think we're going to make our July mark. Come on. Donate because we're losing. Stop. Does anything around you tell you you're losing? It's like the media telling you it's raining and you're like, dude, I'm looking out my window. It's not raining, but it's totally raining. Your app says it. They're saying it. So it must be raining. You just can't see it. It's invisible rain and dry rain. They'll convince you that. Hmm. So this is it. You tell them, oh, I'm a wounded animal. Come help me take this thorn. Out. Oh, man, this is like the best troll ever.
15: Chris, uh, Trace Gallagher here, I, I'm curious because I was you know, picking up on what Sandra and John Roberts were talking about there about the president's interview with Chris Wallace when he said he'd have to see whether he would abide by the outcome of the election and, and a lot of people after that pushback saying exactly what John Roberts was saying is that's the proper answer because you don't know what's going to happen and if you have an election that's going to come down to the wire, you, you can't say of course I'll accept whatever the decision is because that takes your options away. A fair assessment?
14: Yeah, I mean, we have a system. We have this lovely, delicious constitution, and it has a nice system for this. And
0: delicious constitution. Look at the back, the backdrop of this clown. I'll explain it to those listening on the radio. He has a book on a book stand open, showing a buffalo. Can't make this stuff up. What kind of person in their house has a book stand with pictures of buffalo open? I'm sorry. I don't care how much you love buffaloes. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, give you a better picture of this clown speaking right now.
14: We've been there before. Uh, In 1876, we had no conclusion, and and the Congress made it up as it went along and picked a president. We know how to do this stuff. So, yeah, if there is is confusion about which electors should be seated, which results are valid, the House of the United States can do it and can pick a president. Uh, We have a system in place for that, and it would, of course, be folly for any candidate to say, whatever any state decides, I will abide by their decision, meaning that you wouldn't litigate, that you wouldn't do the same thing that the Gore campaign did in 2000 to try to get Florida into its column away from George W. Bush. So that part's that is, of course, par for the course. On the other hand, that's different than uh, proposing delaying the election.
15: Yeah, and that's the whole thing there because clearly you're trying to stir things up. I mean, it's a different subject. When you say, when you at least float the possibility or ask the question, delaying the election, you know, Democrats are going to, and I'm sure they're already pouncing on this. We're going to hear a lot about this in the hours and days to come.
0: Exactly, and that was a point. We want them to be foaming at the mouth. We want them to be like, no, concentrate yourself on that. Wait, there's another report about this. Hold on. Uh, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's really good. Like watching them squirm in respects to that statement rattles them. And apparently it rattled the markets. Yeah. No joke. Take a listen to this one. It's so awesome. And why not? Let's delay it. I mean, everyone's going to die. So we don't want people, no mail-in voting and everyone's going to die. So I'll just be president forever.
16: Again, it came out about an hour ago, suggesting we delay the election. Ronna McDaniel, RNC chair, is with us now. What's your response to the suggestion of a delay in the election?
17: Well, the president obviously understands that that's done by Congress constitutionally, but he's trying to highlight what many in the media are not paying attention to. We have a huge problem right now with mail-in voting across the country. In New York right now, they had a primary a month ago. We still don't have the results. We had an election in Patterson, New Jersey, where 20% of the mail-in ballots were thrown out because they were fraudulent and you're seeing Democrats across the country, and I know this because I'm into 20 to 30 different lawsuits across the country, where they are working to systematically uh, take away uh, safeguards to election integrity like signature verification and expand mail voting. It is a system that's being deluged with these mail ballots, but doesn't have the infrastructure on the back end to support it. We need to get this fixed, and it's gonna cause problems in November if we don't ta- pay attention now.
3: Ronna,
16: what do you say to this? I guarantee problems in November. I guarantee that if things stay, stay the same, there's no way you're getting a result on election night or even in the first week after the election. You with me on this?
17: I agree. What we're seeing in New York did not have primary results a month later because of this mail-in ballot push by Democrats across this country. People want to vote in person. They want to have the surety that their ballot is being delivered safely. Absentee voting is fine, but what Democrats are doing in states like Nevada and California, they're just sending ballots out to people who've moved away to their inactive voter files. That's why the RNC is engaged in so many lawsuits. The president is very aware of this. The mainstream media is not paying attention. Look at Patterson, New Jersey. 20% of the ballots thrown out because they're fraudulent. Four people now indicted for for meddling in that election. This is frightening and it's gonna affect us in November. We are in uncertain times in this country. We need to have certainty in our elections.
16: Yes, we absolutely do. Ronald, stay there for a second. I want to bring in market watcher Gary Kalbaum. What's your response to the Trump delay the election tweet?
3: I, I wish he wouldn't have done it. Uh, obviously, the market wasn't thrilled. And look, we have a history. We had elections during uh, the Civil War, World War II. I remember Hurricane Sandy uh, hit the Northeast really, really bad right around the election. And we got past Al Gore versus Bush. So uh, we're going to have the election. It's up to Congress. They're not going to change it. And I would just uh, wish the president would leave be on something like but, this. Uh, Gary,
16: I've got to lay this on thick. There is no way you're going to get a result on election night. There is every way you're going to get endless challenges. You won't get a result for a long time. And that, to me, is election risk. Your comment.
3: I I don't disagree. Look, uh, with mail-in, it's going to take some time. But, you know, with the United States and we will adapt. And as long as it takes, uh, they'll they'll put the best foot forward, get the job done. And whoever wins uh, uh, will show it in the votes. I'm not so worried about that.
16: Okay, Gary, hold on a second, I'll get back to you in a moment. I want to go back to Ronna because I want to talk polls and enthusiasm for a moment. You say that enthusiasm for the president is higher now than it was in 2016. How do you know that? Do you have evidence on that?
17: Yes, I see it through our volunteers that we've activated already in 2016. Through the whole cycle we had 750,000 activated, we're close to 2 million already. I see it with our voter registration. We're in battleground states. We're outpacing Democrats. I see it with small dollar donations, where we're outpacing anything we ever did in 2016. So I see it on the ground. I also see it as I'm traveling the country. I'm actually still on airplanes. I'm still all over the country. And the enthusiasm is so high for this president. I don't see that for Joe Biden as he's hiding in his basement, I think he has a real enthusiasm issue. Nobody is behind his candidacy, uh, and, and certainly he's not campaigning to win votes. He's just hiding and hoping he can coast.
16: Okay, Ronald McDaniel, RNC chair, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you again real soon.
0: We don't want to see her real soon because this idiot is responsible for the GOP official's home address to be released to the public. So yesterday there were conversations uh, on the Sunrise Movement uh, that they're going to attack uh, Republicans at their homes and they have started the siege. And so she's done this. She did this. She let that happen because she allowed it. Now, again, Mike Pompeo is now in, uh, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence is now, oh gosh, that was a slip. Mike Pence is now in a bus accident and, um, yeah. Of course, that's where all the handoffs happen, under the guise of HIPAA. See, no one's going to assume, oh, there was a, a accident, and there's panic, and there's this, and this is how you get things done. Now, the buffalo is really important because the governor of North Dakota actually put a buffalo with a mask on and some other stupid stuff like that, uh, which is important, uh, you know. <laughs> I've been tweeting out Trump Flynn 2020, which, by the way, they say, uh, you know, that Flynn's hearing. There's going to be another uh, listen to and gander on the hearing on August 11th. Oh, which reminds me it was back in August in in, in August. Oh, my gosh. In uh, end of November 2018. Okay, pay attention to this. End of November 2018, I was on a very, very, very well known show, and I'm not going to call them out now. Yeah, I, I don't have to. And I was uh, completely attacked when they asked me, well, now Flynn's going to go down. His sentencing is set for March. And I said, he's not going to be sentenced. They said, that's impossible. You're crazy. There's no way he's not going to be sentenced. There's no no way he can get out of it. He's going to be sentenced, even if it's a day. And I said, no, he's not. Just like, you know, AG Barr is not going to be confirmed till like closer to March, end of February, March. You insane? I was like, no, I'm a time traveler. And he's never going to be sentenced. And you could take that to the bank. And everybody called me nuts. I actually said that on my own show in 2018. And so this person is pretty well known in radio. Actually told me that on air. Um, You know, well, it doesn't sound like a very... Uh, you know, smart thing to say, considering it's coming from you. I said, "What's well, not smart. The part that I'm a time traveler and I already know, or the part that you're bothered with me telling you whatever you think is going to happen is not. And so, boom, I was right. The reason is because we already know how all of this plays out. So again, Rona, Why is she there? Why is she doing what she's doing? Because we already know how it's going to play out. We already know how it's going to play out. That's the thing. This whole, uh, you know control the virus everything it was planned we know now there's reports that came out that belarus and other people were being strong-armed by the imf and the world bank to shut their countries down guys go back to my big league politics article from 2018 in july where i tell you the imf is the biggest bullies they can shut down your whole country if they want to you want money you want people to trade with you you want to be able to bank you need to do what we say so now people are like well prison trump was wrapped up in something like this stop stop and watch the master at work you know nobody jumped into a to this race to save us right with eyes shut right they've been open for a while and nobody's closing and holding nobody's like holding their nose as they dive into the swamp we're able to blow out all the bubbles and get that rubbish out of the way we can breathe in the swamp cuz we know how so this is what we need to understand they are trying either either by jedi mind doing you jedi or by mockingbird they're going to say they won even though they didn't They're beefing it up for the media. Now that the president wants to delay it, they're freaking out. They told you that they are going to execute an inauguration because she's second in line, already knows, right? Uh, And you just need to accept it. And people need to accept it. No, we're not. You can go and do your cities in Kazakh. We'll stay here in America, continue farming and being the land of the free. Huh? You'll see how it works out. Like I said... It's coming, it's coming after this roller coaster. So, on that note, I am heading for a hard break for my radio listeners. And for us, we'll just stay here and listen to some music and grab some. Real news. Welcome back, everyone! And just because they probably heard the tail end on the radio before the jingle came on, my my clock was in sync. Uh, you know, I've been having some organ pain, and you know, I don't like to take uh, narcotics. Uh, you know, the last time I filled a script for Tramadol was a year ago, and I still have it, and it was only a thirty day supply, so I don't like taking it. So my daughter went ahead and gave me, uh, made me a smoothie. I think she went heavy on the ginger, but whatever. That's I'm good. It's all a spicy, but it's good. Um, so let's start the show, right? This second hour with some good stuff before we enter the global realm, right? Because we gotta we gotta go into the global realm. Uh, I want us to kind of look at uh, what what I've been talking about, which is um, Skoda Skate. And I talked about it back in 2018, again in 2019, you know, with um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seasonal cancer. It's always around this time of the year that she gets cancer, right? And how she was issuing decisions, you know, in 2018 while she was undergoing chemotherapy. Same thing in 2019. And it's like, stop. Having been there, nah, man, you can't think straight. Why is this happening? Well... Here's some more Ruth Bader Ginsburg at a very interesting hospital.
3: News tonight surrounding the health of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Our very own Shannon Bream is live in Washington. She has the latest. Shannon.
18: Hey, Sean, well, what we're told tonight is that the justice is back in the hospital, and this is what the Supreme Court spokesperson tells us. She, quote, underwent a minimally invasive non-surgical procedure related to a bile duct stent she actually got about a year ago. Now, this is the second time this month that she's been hospitalized. Last time was a possible infection related to that same bile duct. Uh, she also underwent a procedure. Then it was at that same time earlier this month we learned that Justice Ginsburg's cancer returned earlier this year. She's been undergoing chemo. Since May, Uh, the justice says the treatment's been going well. It will continue. And she says it has not kept her away at all from work. And what we all remember was an incredibly busy term this year. Decisions on everything from abortion to the president's tax returns. Um, Justice Ginsburg has battled lung, colon, and pancreatic cancer, as well as these latest lesions, which were discovered on her liver. Uh, Tonight, we're told the justice is resting comfortably after this latest procedure and that they do expect she will be released from the hospital by the end of this week, Sean.
0: And so the hospital that she was at is Sloan Catering, I think I've told you guys. You know, um, I I saw a few of you comment on uh, the clone show yesterday from Quite Frankly. I haven't watched it yet, but, you know, I told him, dude, I I studied under the guy that created cloning. So whatever anybody says about clones, unless you've actually seen them, created them, you know, you don't understand it. But the person did drop TGen, so they knew some stuff because I interned there for four weeks, just saying. Now, Sloan Kettering, they have the monopoly in the United States for specific transplants. So I, I want you guys to pay attention because before I was like, I even tweeted it out a, a while back, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it was like last week, right? What Ruth Bader Ginsburg at this hospital? Wait a minute. I thought Sloan Kettering had the monopoly on it. I guess it was the in between. Now, uh, I want you guys to, to, to understand when you find out who's been treating her, <laughs> Okay, and how she's being treated. And I said this a very long time ago, very, very long time ago. That's when you're going to understand really what's up, because I know a lot of people want to see this unsteel Epstein for the perverted side of things, which was just a byproduct. I want you guys to understand these creeps, you know, bothered And, you know, harassed and sexually assaulted and killed all these children, all these children for, 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 for what is it called? Um, Poops and giggles, right? (laughs) Stop. Oh, so um, the by, that was a byproduct. It was all about, what have I said? The majority of the children being traffics are used for experimentation. So that is something we need to understand. It's not about the sustenance. It's not about, you know, raping them or having them as slaves. It is for experimentation. Because they have uh, different types of cells that cease to... um, They don't cease to exist, but they're not bountiful in adults. But once your epiphyseal plates close, that gives a cue to your bones to stop making a majority of pluripotent cells. And that's what the pluripotent means that that cell can become a tooth, a hair, skin cell, heart, whatever. So the the reason that they're experimenting with them is on many fronts. They issue, um, they issue, uh, speak as if they're products because this is the way they're treated and it makes me feel horrible because I don't see them as products. So plasma, yeah, staying young. There we go. That's it. Uh They're they're not stem cells. They're called pluripotent cells. They're different, kind of like... See, they're always used interchangeably. They're a little bit different. I mean, I have stem cells. So do you. Um, Those are what they call pluripotent cells of adults. So uh, they're different. They can become anything. They're like shapeshifters. They're like, how's this? Do you remember uh, the story of manna falling from the sky? And then when it came from the sky, you would eat it and it would taste like whatever you thought of. It's like that. It's like the manna of a body. So uh, this this is what children have in a massive capacity. Let me not even begin on the whole fetal part. And then there's other things, spiritual things. Oh, that's what I wanted to tell you. So you know how a lot of people are like, Oh, they're satanic rituals. It's spiritual. This is what they're doing to children. This is what they, they, they constantly keep doing. Well, here's the thing. There was a, there's a new YouTube channel that I found. Cause I look at everything and there was a girl, I think it's called real stories. Once I find it, I'll post it on subscribe. Start in the telegram chat. Um, And it had a girl who her grandmother was pimping her out to other individuals for pornography, right? And, um... The the whole thing was it was a spiritual thing. See, all of these perverts would say it was a spiritual thing, a spiritual thing, and the way she was convinced was because she was walking through sand and it was glowing. Now, in retrospect, she knows that was plankton. But the guy was trying to tell her that this is how she becomes, you know, super um, spiritual and a god and this is stuff that they say that if these little girls do that that this is where they go like these people actually believe this so they wanted to see them masturbate uh you know have sex with adults stuff like that it was crazy so it was on youtube and it's called like real stories where people like tell their stories i let me tell you something when i was watching it the one guy wanted to throw up and it's like dude i feel you and, you know, and he's not even related. Imagine if it's one of your own, how you feel. It makes you sick to your stomach. How do you stomach it? And the only thing you could do is pray for strength. It is horrific. Uh, so that's the whole spiritual side. So there is something there. There is, you know, that aspect. But the majority is experimentation. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to lead us right to that. And let's just put it that way. So... In other news before we move into global stuff, shifting a few gears, newly declassified documents revealed the CIA and FBI fought over unverified Trump-Russia info. Okay, guys, I'm going to play this short clip, but I want you to understand that I hate, I loathe, I can't say hate, I don't like that word. I loathe and it makes me sick that they keep pushing this when all of them know that the Trump- Russia dossier was just like a bandaid like a it was like you know how when you don't make your bed you know the sheets all wrinkled and stuff and you just throw over one of those big blankets to cover it and it looks pretty that's what the dossier was it was just like a patch like that blanket that you throw over to to, to divert attention to what's really going on. The the dossier they knew from the get-go was wrong. And you know what else is annoying? You know, I I think I pinned that tweet. Um, Chuck Ross saying, oh, you know, Mr. Orr, you don't remember the unidentified man? Guys, they already have the text that it was Daniel J. Jones. They already have the communication that he crafted it. He crafted it. He also did the whole Dr. Ford thing. The Kavanaugh thing. Come on. He did everything. And they're just playing footsie here throwing you guys a bone uh, speaking of bones the president threw one at us and we're gonna talk about that too so take a listen to this um, if it wants to play there we go
9: Senate intelligence releasing newly declassified documents that show the CIA got into an intense fight with the FBI led by James Comey in late 2016 because the FBI team there demanded the discredited debunked Steele dossier be put into the all important intelligence community threat assessment for the country on Russian interference. Now, the FBI won that fight and got Steele's opposition research, which was paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. It got to put it into an appendix into that threat assessment. Let's welcome Tom McKintock from House Judiciary. Great to have you on, sir. Your reaction to this story. Hi, Liz. Well, it's just another
19: layer of of corruption that we're learning about uh, from Comey and his uh, partisan zealots uh, at the FBI. Uh, There's a part of that testimony that indicates the FBI was pushing to get it in because of pressure from the president, Barack Obama. That's deeply disturbing and hasn't gotten a lot of attention yet. Uh, but what's even more disturbing is the fact that um, uh, they repeatedly told the FISA court as well as represented in, um, in the, to the intelligence community that if this information was coming from a highly placed source in Russia with uh, close ties to the Kremlin. We found out last week that was a lie, and they knew it was a lie. It wasn't coming from some highly placed uh, Russian in in, in the Kremlin. It was coming from a part-time analyst at the left-leaning Brookings Institution with a record of uh, drunk driving convictions, uh, who was basically making it up with his drinking buddies. And they knew that, and yet they represented it as something that was highly credible when it was not.
9: Okay, so are critics right to warn that the FBI doing this, getting this steel opposition research into the threat assessment, that that gave it more gravitas and stature than it deserved and gave.
0: Okay, let's stop it. We don't need to listen to what they want you to, to think is happening, okay? Because it annoys me, okay? I do not appreciate them treating people as if they're stupid. Now, what have we said about the NSA? Okay? The NSA says that it collects every single piece of information and holds on to it for 72 hours. Correct? It also says that certain words, you know this, right? When you say them over the phone, over the air, on an internet, over the internet, chat it, text it, whatever, it flags it. Correct? We already know this. So the question is, if we already know all of this, if we already know that the NSA has their conversations, okay? then why are we sitting here discussing a dossier that you know they put together just to cover up that they were using the NSA? That's the thing. Why are they playing, you know, let's hide behind our figure? (laughs) That doesn't happen. That's not how it happens. This is definitely not how it happens. But you know what they do? They believe, and this is true in some shape and form, that the American public is too dumb to understand and the american public needs to be spoon-fed something that they can digest easier So I have been writing and talking about Section 702 violations. This is why Carlin had to step down in September. I've also told you that it was Judge Collier that told them off for collecting all this information on the Trump campaign. And it was the same judge that signed off on the FISA warrant knowingly and willingly, right, She didn't care about the dossier. She didn't even look at the dossier. She didn't need to see the dossier. She already knew that they had collected information from the NSA. So the NSA, bottom line, which should be no such agency, is the one that was overseeing the NSA. So the NSA has people that watch it, and there's no such agency for the record. (laughs) It's the stuff that Clinton and Hussein never, ever, ever were able to declassify all those that were part of the team before 19, well, the year 2000. So they have every single name of every single contractor 2000 and after. But those before 2000, shh, now that's your black ops. So the NSA has been, was being watched as well. Hmm, you see? Surveillance goes both ways. You're not the god of all seeing everything. The NSA did this. The fact that they got away with it, the NSA did this. So while they're the ones hunting out for information, (laughs) they're the ones running through the forest right now trying to figure out where the arrows are coming from. And they don't know where they are. They have no idea. Millie Weaver kind of told you guys through a video that she put together. That's the thing. Now, for those of you that are terrified, they're going to get the president. They're going to do this. Oh, oh dear. Hmm. If they didn't get to him, right, up until 2018, late 2018, where they had really big guns around them, they can't do anything right now. So this is a facade. This is a show. You're watching a show. And these hearings show you just how scripted everything is, just how beyond scripted it is. I mean, we saw them yesterday reading answers that they knew Google was going to give, reading answers as questions and having to go back to a question and some of them losing their place. That's it. They couldn't do anything. The IG of the NSA, just for uh, recapping, is Robert Storch. We need to bring a we need to torch Storch, because he was appointed by Barack Hussein Obama. And how do you know, Tory, where's your evidence that the NSA did it? OK? One, I could tell you that I saw him do it. But let me refer to actual stuff that's in the public eye. Barack Hussein Obama, right after Carlin resigned you know, from the NSA, what did he do? He created the position of the IG of the NSA, a presidentially appor- a, you know, appointed position. That has never happened. It was the first time. Not only that. After Hillary lost, okay, after she lost, during a transition period, Barack Hussein Obama, November 30th, nominates Storch to be the IG of the NSA. Remember who Storch is. Storch was the deputy to IG Horowitz, okay? And then he was never confirmed. And then... Someone suggested to President Trump, you should totally nominate Storch for the IG of the NSA. He's awesome. He's Horowitz's second in command. And he's really, really good. <laughs> Say the snakes that are going to be going through some court-martial soon. And so he did. <laughs> but it was Storch. His wife, Bill Taylor, George Kent, the clowns that actually testified against the president, who created the National Anti-Corruption Bureau in the Ukraine. How corrupt is that? So rather than me tell you that I saw them do this, because I can, I can tell you what does the paper trail tell you? No need to walk around with your mouth open. We can all do simple math. One plus one is two, not three. Now, The rhinos are coming up, right? We're seeing them take force. We're seeing them the way they are. And we're seeing just how upset they are about it too. And this kind of dovetails into our global issues after we see how the police are no longer accepting any contracts or work with the Democrats. Did you guys see that? This is how, first of all, the Democrats get away with not having um, any events, but also shows that if you bite the hand that protects you, is going to drop you.
20: The Democratic National Convention is in Milwaukee with less than three weeks to go into the event. Why would they do this? The move comes after new orders in the city would restrict officers from using certain crowd control measures expected uh, if there are any protests, which happens a lot. Tear gas and pepper spray now off the table. So they're out. Joining us now is one of the police chiefs withdrawing his officers from the DNC, uh, from the West Dallas Police Department, Chief Patrick Mitchell. Chief, is it just about pepper spray? And is it just about tear gas?
21: Well, pepper spray and tear gas are certainly the main issue at hand. Uh, My fear would also be that there'll be a limitation upon the police department of other tactics that they can use but the elimination of tear gas and pepper spray is of grave concern to me.
20: Why would they do this? You're the pros, They're, these these other people are telling you what you can't do, yet they want the result?
21: Yeah, so that that's a great question, and I'm not certain why the elected leaders in the city of Milwaukee and their civilian oversight board have chosen to take this route, but the reality is Tear gas, while we do not want to frequently use it, it certainly has a place in policing. And if you remove chemical irritants from the tools that we can use, you leave us with very limited options after that. Um, One of those options, unfortunately, is retreat. Uh, Chemical irritants are very, very effective at getting a crowd that is becoming an unlawful assembly to leave an area and disperse without chemical irritants. I'm not quite sure how we do that.
20: So uh, another uh, police chief, William Lamb, says he expects more, uh, more uh, uh, organizations not to show up, more than the hundred that have said call somebody else. In the big picture, doesn't this play with the theme across the country? We'll tell you what to not, what not to do as police officers. Meanwhile, these people making the rules don't spend one day in the academy or in uniform
21: yes i certainly do understand that politicians and civilian oversight boards have a role in policing but common sense would tell you if they would listen to the professionals any professional police chief would tell you we don't want to use chemical irritants we make decisions based on the actions of the crowd if the crowd was truly peaceful and we had a five-day democratic national convention with nothing but peaceful protest, there would be absolutely no need for a chemical irritant. But again, if that is removed, We're in a bad spot.
20: Yeah, the rioters slash protesters, they have a say in this and no one's telling them what to do. They're just telling you how to handle it. Meanwhile, this is what the DNC said in response to that huge news. As plans evolve due to the ongoing pandemic, we will continue to work with law enforcement officials in coordination with the U.S. Secret Service to ensure the 2020 Democratic Convention is safe and secure uh, for Milwaukee residents and everyone involved with our convention. The bigger question, final thought, is how are they going to do that?
21: Well, I, I have no clue how they're going to do that because, again, without chemical irritants, you're left to very few things. You can certainly use physical force to make a crowd leave or disperse from an area, or you can retreat. No one wants to see at this time in American policing a large display of physical force by the police against a group of protesters. So I'm not certain who would want that or why they would think that that's a good alternative to chemical irritant
20: chief you've kind of you're being very diplomatic the era of retreat is looked at as weakness you give up a precinct you take a step back the mob grows angrier and greater we all know that you don't have to be a policeman to see that final thought
21: no i agree with you Uh, it's certainly interesting times to be a police officer in this country I know in my heart that we are supported by the overwhelming majority of Americans. They want professional police officers. Yep. They want positive interactions. Every and police chief They don't gets.
0: want drones and robots to police them instead, like the Democrats want. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, they should. Um, huh. How how do I put it? They should just have the dildo waivers out there. I mean, they're doing great at torching places. So they can pretty much uh, protect them, right? I mean, why not? You know why not? Because you cannot trust mercenaries. You cannot trust people that have no morals, that don't see how things should be in reality. That's even better. So now let's move on to our world uh, politics, too. And the way we do it is by starting the complaints that the, uh, you know, Deutsche News Center has in respects to President Trump removing troops. Boy, are they pissed. But. Those that listened to Tory says for a while knew that that was happening already. I even wrote articles about it on Tory says on how we shipped all this equipment to Greece. also told you how they played a very important role in the Soleimani execution that nobody talks about.
22: American troops stationed in Germany. Even more will be leaving than expected. The U.S. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper announced the withdrawal downplaying its significance.
20: It is important to note that in NATO's 71-year history, the size, composition, and disposition of U.S. forces in Europe
22: has changed many times. But U.S. President Donald Trump said the move is meant to send a message to Germany.
12: We're reducing the force because they're not paying their bills. It's very simple. They're delinquent.
22: Trump often points out that Germany does not meet a NATO guideline that all members should spend 2% of their economic output on defense. Germany only spends 1.4%. But that guideline refers to spending on each country's own military, not directly to NATO. NATO members are now seeking answers as to how the new US plan will be carried out and what it will mean for the future of European security. There has been pushback from the U.S. Congress, and analysts say even the Pentagon was reluctant to carry out Trump's demand for troop withdrawal.
15: You can imagine the arguments and the discussions and disagreements that would have been going on back in Washington inside the Pentagon and with the White House, but at the end of the day, the president says, we're going to do this, and so the Department of Defense says, okay, well, here's here's how we're going to do it then.
22: About 24,000 U.S. troops will remain in Germany, But some observers worry Trump's costly message to its NATO ally could weaken the whole alliance.
23: Let's talk about this more now with our political correspondent Thomas Sparrow. Thomas, what have been some of the reactions here in Berlin?
11: The German government had a brief statement in which it said it simply took note of the decision it would coordinate further steps, but it also said that U.S. plans were not finalized, so could still change. But if you ask further politicians or members of parliament here in Germany, for example, that decision has been met with criticism. There are those who say that this not only affects negatively the bilateral relationship, which is already, by the way, very strained, but it also weakens not only NATO, but U.S. defense as well. Uh, A very different reaction here in Germany came from the left party. The left party actually welcomed the decision and said it didn't go far enough. But except for that uh, reaction, most politicians here in Germany were actually very critical of the U.S. decision. Okay, let's um, get
23: our viewers up to speed here on the U.S. troop presence function here. Why are American troops in Germany?
11: So, on the one hand, we have to understand this from a historical perspective. The presence of US troops in Germany is seen as a key element of the post-war international order. And since the fall of the Berlin Wall, those numbers have steadily decreased. But Germany is still the country in Europe with the highest number of US uh, troops and they play a very significant role. They're seen, for example, as a hub here in Germany for U.S. operations in the Middle East, or in, or in Africa in particular, the Ramstein Air Base. There's the biggest military hospital outside continental United States. There are two commands also stationed here in, in Germany, the European Command, the Africa Command. So they certainly play a very important role. It's not only about paying to defend Germany. Operations here are also critically important for the U.S.'s defense itself.
23: Okay, this relationship, the German-American relationship, is also critical for NATO, for the entire uh, European transatlantic relationship. What does this mean for the German-American relationship, the withdrawal?
11: It is seen as another low point uh, in that bilateral relation. It's important to stress that this is only one of many issues that have been very difficult between the Trump administration and Angela Merkel's government. When we're talking about trade, when we're talking about Nord Stream, When we're talking about some international uh, treaties, there are time and time again problems between both governments and the fact that those troops are being withdrawn, or at least that's a plan that the U.S. has presented. That means that it's another very difficult moment for that bilateral relationship. It is seen also, in a way, as a punishment here in in Germany in particular, if you consider what Donald Trump has stressed on various occasions, that he believes Germany is, quote, delinquent. Thomas Sparrow,
23: as ever. Thomas, thanks very much for that. We're joined by DW's uh, Terry Schultz in Brussels. With-
0: Wait, I just wanted to tell you this. So first of all, they're really salty. I'll tell you why. So, Reimston, uh, th- so the airbase, just so you know, you know Lufthansa, the, p- the flagship airline that Germany has. Do you know that all their food that they have on transatlantic flights and long-haul flights is made on our base? Just saying and also it is one of the biggest hubs for balkan and um you know eastern european uh operations a lot of uh, of the i'm trying to find what's public um yeah communications are done there from the us army and um you know this is how we deploy troops easily but the majority of the really 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 big efforts that we have or campaigns they're run out of suda which is the combined nato base um which is pretty awesome by the way in Crete, greece now back in 2018 there was a move that i saw that kind of what so i saw on greek news uh through the military news i'm i'm subscribed to a uh channel that most uh So the military, the way it works there, just so you understand how these channels create themselves, is that um, you are supposed to, no matter what, if you're a male, uh, go into the military. It's an obligation or else you can go to jail. And they don't care if you're a drug addict. They don't care if you're, you know, broken. You're going. And if you're a foreign born Greek, meaning your parents are Greek, but you also want to enjoy the benefits of having Greek citizenship and you're a male, you're obliged to um, do your time in the Greek military, whatever branch they see fit to place you on so that you understand how this happens. And um, so, <laughs> so they have their own chat channels and there was one chat channel, uh By the Pagasetic Gulf, that said, Wow, uh, I can't believe they built up all these barracks and they're not even ours. They're for Americans. And I was thinking, Why would they have so many barracks? And oh man, the Americans are making the base look so good. No more tumbleweeds and heroin needles and whatnot. And, you know, and it's helping reduce the um, illegal migrants. So I was kind of like, Oh. That's interesting. Then right after those discussions happened, like, weeks later it's like hey we just delivered like 88 helicopters and did all this stuff and sent all this money to Greece and suddenly you know our ambassador is going up there and they're moving things and they're going on and I was like whoa okay well that makes sense because we know how well I know if I remember correctly on history that um, Russia is going to come down from the north and quash Turkey right after they've changed Ayasofya Sophia as a, um, a mosque, and I and I told you guys that on air. The minute you see that ma mo- that that church be turned into a mosque, it's gloves off. It's happening. It's 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 saved. It's online. You can hear it from over almost three years ago. Almost three years ago. And so I was like, well, that would make sense because at the Pegasitic Gulf, you still have access to the water, but you also can go land based to the north. You know, toward the Balkan access. And so suddenly you see this big movement and soldiers going there, but no soldiers getting orders for Germany. And so Germany is getting nervous.
23: (laughs) Where NATO has its headquarters. Good day to you, Terry. Um, Can you tell us what effect will this withdrawal have on the NATO alliance's ability to fulfill its mandate?
24: Well, let's start off by saying that these are plans. So we're not even 100% sure this will happen. And if you look at the response on Capitol Hill, lawmakers are very much intent on making sure this doesn't happen. I mean, nobody nobody there seems to think this is a good idea. So. If it were to go through what was announced by Secretary Esper and the Supreme Allied Commander yesterday, there would be some uh, capabilities um, and headquarters moved to Belgium here to the Supreme Allied Commander's uh, operational center down in Mons, Belgium. There would also be a couple of battalions moved to Italy. Uh, There may be more forces moved to Poland. Um, This morning we've seen the Baltics step up and say, hey, we'd love to get some of those troops. I mean, NATO's first uh, uh, first preference would be that no troops get moved out of Germany and that more troops are constantly added to Europe. But as it stands now, they would very much like to see that as many as possible remain here in Europe and not go back to the United States.
23: Okay, what about uh, countries like uh, Poland or the, the Baltic countries you mentioned? Would they like to see those U.S. troops, though? So I imagine alliance members, some of them at least, would be supporting this move.
24: Well, again, they would like to see no troops moved out of Germany, and Poland has a bilateral deal with the United States that more troops would be coming to Poland, and I've spoken to to Polish diplomats, and they would not be happy to see troops taken out of Germany and moved to Poland. They were hoping to get additional forces, but that said, if they're going to be taken out of Germany, they would very much like them to be put there along the border with Russia. The Baltic states have long been asking, along with Poland, to have more U.S. troops there on the ground, so, again, if they are going to to be more than 5,000 pulled out of Germany and repositioned in Europe. Of course, they'd like to see them along the border with Russia.
23: Okay. now, these plans, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Terry, still need to be approved by Congress, but they come as we see new tensions within NATO, especially between Greece and Turkey in the Mediterranean. What's the state of the alliance right now?
24: There are always tensions within NATO. There are also tensions between Turkey and France in the Mediterranean. And these are very big concerns inside the alliance. But, of course, it makes more tension. It makes more sort of un- unnerved uh, allies when the problems are with the United States. That said, we knew this was coming. President Trump made the announcement summarily and this time at least, Secretary General Stoltenberg was um, sure to point out in his statement yesterday, at least the U.S. briefed the allies. On Monday there was a meeting where uh, the U.S. Uh, Department of Defense laid out what its plans were going to be so that everybody wasn't taken so much by surprise as with the initial announcement. I think everyone in NATO is hoping that um, this doesn't come to pass. Again, even Secretary Esper said, you know, we might make some moves within weeks. But making such huge operational movements like this would take years to complete. And much of this remains uh, to be seen based on what happens in November. If Joe Biden wins the presidency, it's completely possible that none of these changes will take place. So I think that allies are very much hoping that... um, um, while this is a plan, they hope somebody gets in the way.
0: Yeah. Okay. If Joe Biden, like, there's not a chance in hell, okay, that Joe Biden will ever win any election ever. So, um, so a lot of people are like, well, where will, what will happen? Who will Turkey fall to? Um, Turkey is going to be annihilated. It was never really a nation. It was a nation. Of my, well, well, it was because in, in war, right, borders are redrawn, uh, you know, and done and done. And this morning when we had Secretary Pompeo testifying and I was live streaming it, there was a troll in there saying, oh, the Americans have abandoned the Kurds. And it's like, dude, borders are being redrawn now. That's what the tension is. So Turkey will be split, Uh, you know territory that belonged to Greece will go back to it territory that was Armenian will go back to it and then it's Kurdistan that's basically those basically were the nations that existed before Turkey ever existed that's just where they sat when they were you know um, put in their place by their masters who created them. So, uh, you know, that is what's going to happen. Now here is where the news aren't telling you. This is from six days ago, just so that you could see how you are only allowed to see the news when they tell you, You are allowed to see the news. Uh, There is a clip that I'm going to play from July 23rd where the ambassador of the, you know, our ambassador um, was actually there while troops were disembarking, right? And one thing for those of you that are listening on the radio, there is a, uh, you know, a high ranking priest among all those military. I've told you this before. The Greeks go nowhere without the church when it comes to politics so this is them taking pictures they're all there this is um, Alexandrupoli Um, so port of Alexandrupolis is right up it's called Alexandrupoli it's right up there near Turkey and so here's our ambassador I'm also
19: particularly happy to be back here in Alexandrupoli to celebrate the 150 year of this port's operation, and to mark what is truly, I think, a historic milestone for this strategic maritime asset and for the U.S.-Greece defense and security relationship.
0: So a point on that defense agreement. Those of you that haven't heard it yet, uh, Simplecast, iHeart, iTunes, Stitcher, find my episode from October 9th, 2019, where I explained to you how we just put in place a defense agreement. Pompeo was there and he was talking about it. He even was his casual. It was the best Pompeo I've ever seen. That's the Pompeo in that timeline when he became president was excellent. That's the one that I remember from that timeline. That was President Pompeo who I saw uh, in that timeline. So, You need to listen to that show and just see how everything, how much is going on. You know, you don't see, you know, a lot being, you don't see perp walks. You don't hear about things. You don't hear the president bitch slapping all of them. Excuse my French. But just because he doesn't say anything doesn't mean he's not doing anything. Okay. That you need to remember that.
19: A stronger and more secure Greece is in America's interests, and as Secretary Esper
22: discussed with Minister Panayotopoulos just this week, our work
19: together deepens a very important bilateral relationship and strengthens the NATO alliance, promoting prosperity and security in this strategic
25: region for all of our citizens. As I watch the hundred and first elements of the hundred and first screaming eagles land on the port of Alexandropolis in the city named after Alexander the Great, I realized that this huge endeavor with a background is coming to fruition, not in theory but in practice. And in that I feel very pleased, very satisfied. Taxiarchias <laughs> to is that in turbulent times such as we live in right now, and amidst a great variety of security challenges and regional tensions through this project, Greece emerges as the reliable partner and ally in the region for the United States, for Europe, for NATO. It's always ready To uphold, protect, and defend our sovereign rights, our sovereign rights against any type of threat, any time, through the excellence of our armed forces.
0: And so, those of you that aren't watching, these are all the U.S. uh, You know, all the equipment and the troops that are disembarking um, right there. And if you're watching it on video, it's like, wow, right? So, just so people understand, we've got Airborne there. Uh, we've got uh, some units from the Calvary there. Um, so, I'm just saying, they've all come down. And, yeah, that was a, an alternate future one. That shifted. Hey, it? So, if you guys um, remember most of my shows, I've told you that Turkey is seen by many, uh, nations as the, the, the kid that nobody wants to play with. Okay. And so what, uh, they 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 are the gatekeepers of oil and gas to the middle east uh it's all about location 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 and turkey as a landmass is the um the gatekeeper for railway between um you know the far east and uh africa and europe they have to go through there uh they also are the gatekeepers for gas coming in from the the Asian continent and Middle East and even Africa if they were to pipe down. So what you have to understand is that you have a very fanatic leader that is so entrenched in the Muslim Brotherhood um, standing in the middle. Now, people that are fanatics or mercenaries to a cause, let's say, are very, um, very egotistical Uh, They believe that they should be yielding their power as they should. And the first instance of understanding how Turkey, who is not liked by anyone, right, by anyone has been duped by even Russia. See, everyone was yelling, well, Turkey bought the S-400s from Russia and those S-400s are going to let Russia understand the tech of our, you know, F-15s and all this stuff and this is a problem and it's like, don't you get it? Don't you get it? How can people not see that? Because they're not telling you. This is like super chess. You know, Russians love to play chess. It's like a sport. So, uh, this is where you see how Turkey is now gone. It's been gone. The UN has been stroking their ego by giving them Tripoli and Libya, allowing them... Come on, guys, in what what universe is a nation just going to pull out oil rigs and park them on somebody's coast, right, and start drilling for oil, and the other country's like, yo, we're part of NATO, and these dudes just came up in our backyard and started drilling. Like, that's our water. And then NATO and Europe are like, oh, Turkey, you're being so bad. And it's like, but they're still drilling. So, like they're still drilling and no one's doing anything and turkey says i don't care what you guys say the whole eastern mediterranean is mine that's what they said <laughs> and then here and then on the other hand russia is the enemy but here's what russia said to china to china take a listen
10: this is interesting great report message to china russia just gave its navy a set of hypersonic nuclear strike weapons Russia has made a massive defense maneuver. In the backdrop of heightened Chinese belligerence, Russian President Vladimir Putin has announced that the Russian Navy will be armed with hypersonic nuclear strike weapons and underwater nuclear drones. Putin has often spoken of Russia's next-gen hypersonic missile weapons, which he has called unequaled these hypersonic missiles can hit any part of the world according to the russian president the russian navy plans to become a supreme naval power with these new generation arms and while it has generated a lot of fears in the united states due to anachronistic formulations of the cold war era moscow seems to be preparing itself against a more realistic threat posed by an expansionist china right in its backyard from the arctic to the south china sea Russia has a lot of interests to protect from China. A post-Soviet Russia became a not-so-powerful naval force because the geography played to its disadvantage. But now, there are new threats and opportunities on the horizon, which have encouraged Putin to envisage a powerful navy. All is not so rosy between China and Russia. Make no mistake, the latest threat to the Russian sphere of influence does not come from the West or the US. Rather, it comes from an increasingly belligerent and intrusive China. Putin is thinking how geopolitical equations will change in the medium term and the long term, while it will continue to share an axis of convenience with the Chinese Communist Party.
0: So, I'm going to stop it right there. So basically, just so you understand, China un- has been put on notice by um, Russia. And so Turkey is also on notice by, Russia. remember, they're going to come in through Georgia just because they split up doesn't mean they're not friends. So this is all coming down. And, I, and, I, and, I, and again, st- I stand on the moon and I look down and you can see the heat map now again i've also stated how russia is really salty with china right because the soviets were supposed to have control of northern korea that was the deal and they lost it now i'll buy no more soviets but they're still bitter about it that china just swooped in and stole north korea from them so uh china released nukes into outer space russia told on them uh but That was probably told on them before they sent it, just so you know. And so the START agreement needs to start being talked about, but no one's talking about it, right? So this should give you an idea of what's going on and why the Democrats are constantly pointing at Russia. Russia is going full-blown, you know, out of it with China. On the other hand, Syria is fine. They had their soccer games. They're all getting on with it. They also had a big Navy parade at Tartarus. Tartus. Correction. And now Israel has already warned, uh, you know, Libya and Syria to stop attacking. So now is where, uh, you see the pawns be eliminated and the bishops and all of those are starting to align on the chessboard. Now you're starting to see the checkmate and it's all coming into fruition slowly, but surely. Now, in other news, we must acknowledge that our president is one of the best trolls on the planet. The best trolls on the planet. Best, best, best. He's like master sensei expert, if there's such. Uh, this morning, he tweeted out, okay, and people were like, well, the president tweeted that out because, uh, you know, there was this guy and, you know, he had a flag. Stop. How many, how many little shop owners have you seen around the nation being bullied for a President Trump flag or a Trump 2020 flag? Tons. Tons. Farmers that have mowed in Trump 2020, bullied. People have lost their jobs, uh, teachers, right? Bullied. And yet he chooses to take one. Ha, under the guise of what's publicly available, you say a lot. And he tweets, support Patio Pizza and its wonderful owner, Guy Caliguri, in St. James, Long Island, parentheses, New York. Great Pizza. Man, a little St. James is coming into focus. So as they come, <laughs> as they come, uh, you know, to the to the calling of this, let's just say, you need to understand that there are many times that I've tweeted things, uh, you know, retweeted things and then made a statement and you're just like, well, it could be that. But wait a minute, it could be that. So think, he could have tweeted anything. Uh, But, you know, Varney and Co. had that man on and decided out of all the businesses that have been on, all of them, right, that he retweets that and says it. Remember Little St. James Island? Oh, and now with Maxwell, they're pushing it this way and they're going to unseal. Man, it's Thursday. So that's what needs to be said. It's Thursday. So from what I realize, the president is going to be, uh, you know, talking about plasma. I am very interested to see what he's going to say today at three. So right after this show, I will be doing another one, live streaming his um, statements on that, on plasma donation. Because remember, these people are sick and you are the cure. So to end this show, I'm going to run my awesome ads because nothing better than to listen to how the best is yet to come, right?
12: Hmm. Men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, A new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, And I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again.
0: Now on that note, I want to wish you guys a wonderful evening. God bless from all of us here at Red State. And I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place we